Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications with Pastor James Dumont of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. The Lord said, look up verses on power. Look up verses on power and begin to read them out loud and read them out loud. And then I took those verses and I printed them. And guess what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to read them out loud to this church. Because I need you to understand that you have power because of His power. We have power over the grave. We have power over death. We have power over sickness because of His power. Because of who He is. And I'm going to start reading these scriptures. I'm not going to reference where each one is. But I just want you to listen for the word power. His power is in every single one of these scriptures. Are you guys ready this morning? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. And God raised the Lord and we will be raised up by His power. And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power towards us who believe? That according to the riches of his glory, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power. That to him is to able to do more abundantly than we all can ask or think. According to what? Power. You may be strengthened with all what? Come on church, say it with me. Power. According to his glorious might. He gives power to the faint. And to him who is no might, he increases their strength. That your faith may not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. May the God of all hope fill you with peace and joy in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Awesome is God from His sanctuary, the God of Israel. He is the one who gives power and strength to His people. Blessed be God. For he was crucified in weakness, but lives by the power of God. For we are also weak in him, but in dealing with you, we will live with him by the power of God. By the power of God. My speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of Who by God's are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And when you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus, and my spirit is present with the power. Stephen, full of grace and power. 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 If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give you life and power to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. You see, God's power gives us access to all things that we need. The Bible says, seek ye first his kingdom, 
His kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. We're on this earth and we see the physical realm. But the Holy Spirit gives us the power in the spiritual realm. Do you understand this, church? Gives us the power in the spiritual realm, which then translates into the physical realm. As we align our spirits with His Spirit, as we get the power from up on high, residing on the inside of us. It's His power. It's not ours, but it's His through us. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your power. Thank You for Your power. Thank you for your power. I'm going to ask this morning, right where you're standing, right where you're standing, if you would say, Pastor Jason, I need more of God's power in my life. I need that Holy Spirit power to fill me, to dwell within me. I need more of you in my life. That same power that rose Christ from the dead, I know it resides within me. And I want to trust in you, Lord. And I want to see your power move in my life, in my circumstances, in my situations. If that's you this morning, if you say, that is me, Pastor, you're talking to me that I need more power in my life. Slip your hand up this morning. Say, that's me. Say, that's me this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Just leave your hands up for a minute. I want to pray for you. Because there is power in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, right now, Lord, you see every hand that is raised. Father, fill them from the bottom of their feet to the top of their heads with your power, with power that will bring them joy, power that will bring them peace, power that will bring them anointing to share your word, to share your message, to share the testimony in their lives. Power to heal relationships. Power to heal physical bodies. Power to restore all things. And each person whose hand is raised, fill them now in your precious name. Fill them with power now in your precious name. Hallelujah. Just begin to worship Him. Begin to worship Him. His power is a free gift. Receive it this morning. Receive it this morning. Worship You. We worship You, Lord. We worship You, Lord.
worship you, Lord. <laughs> More of you. More of you in every area of our life. More of you. Oh, Father, thank you for the victory. Thank you for the victory. Thank you that you defeated death. Thank you that you defeated sin. Thank you that you defeated sickness. Thank you that you defeated poverty. Thank you that you defeated everything for us. So that we may live victoriously with you and because of you. The Bible says, is with you all things are possible. That's power. With you, all things are possible. That is power. That is power. Oh, Heavenly Father. Praise you. Thank you for your power. Yes. You're a great name. You're a great name. You're a great name. Praise you, Lord. We've got someone here this morning who is going to be filled with this same power as they go to the Dominican Republic. And so, Carmi, will you come up here? We're going to pray for Carmi. Because she is going to go minister the gospel of Jesus. And she is going to teach and train other leaders. And she is going to bring the gospel message and the power of God. So come on up here, honey. Can you come up with me, please? Guys, stretch your hands out to her right now. Father, I thank you for Carmen. Oh, the power of God is on her life. Give her supernatural strength and power to share your word. That lives will be changed. Father, and as she visits and ministers in the Dominican Republic, Father, what I see is when she ministers, these women that are here that she's ministering to are going to go out. They are going to go out. And the power that's upon her is going to be transferred to them. And they are going to go out. And they are going to reach hundreds and thousands in the name of Jesus. By the power of the Holy Spirit. And Father, I thank you for Carmen. Thank you for her obedience. Thank you for her willingness to go. Blessed are those who go. And I encourage you, church, that if 
Carmi comes on your mind at all throughout this next week, pray for her. Because there is power in your prayers. There is power when the church prays. There is power when you come together with Him. And we move spiritual realms on her behalf. Give her favor in travel. Give her favor with the food that she eats. Give her favor with sleep. Give her favor with those pestilence that may try to come around. Give her favor with what she says. Anoint her in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We send her. We send her. And look forward to her return. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, church. I'm excited this morning. How many of you excited this morning? Hallelujah. Well, turn around and say hello to someone. Shake their hand and say, I'm excited today. Okay. You guys ready to continue to worship the Lord with our giving? Yes? Yes? Okay. Before we get into offering, when you came in uh, with the bulletin, you got something that looks like this. It's called our Generations uh, Stewardship Campaign. Uh, And I just want to briefly explain what this is, although it explains itself pretty well in the bulletin itself. But what is Generations? Generations is a stewardship campaign for us to retire the debt on this facility. That is what it's all about, is to retire the debt on this facility. You say, well, Pastor Jason, why do you want to do this? Let me tell you why we want to do this, because this is important. I would say it's been three separate people who I've spoken to recently. Brother Paul was one of them. And what's been on his heart, what's been on my heart, is, guys, the time is short. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I don't even understand it in the spiritual realm. I just know that there needs to be a sense of urgency around sharing the gospel message. And the time is short. Yes, are we in the last days? Yes, does the Bible predict a lot of things that we see happening now? Yes. And is our today we one day closer than yesterday? Yes. But the time is short. And so we don't have time to mess around. And it's time to get this mortgage paid off so that we can then take all those additional funds and start putting them into our ministries, into our missionaries, into this community to see lives transformed. Man, I love banks and all, but I'm tired of them getting our money. It's time for us to start sending this money into his kingdom and into his glory and to see his power move. This city is being transformed, and we are part of it, and the work is going to continue. So I encourage you, pray about it. This is above and beyond your tithes. I get that, but I want you to pray about this. What is the Lord speaking? What is the Lord speaking to you regarding this? I want you to spend time praying about it. The Lord, the Lord put this on my heart to share. When I was a little girl, I was sitting on the floor and I was watching TV at my grandparents' house. And my grandparents weren't super affectionate with one another, and I looked over and um, my grandmother stayed home and took care of all of her grandkids. She just cared for so many people. And my grandfather's job was to take care of her. Um, he was not super emotional at all. He didn't show a whole lot of affection. 
Um, and I looked over, and they were jolly people. Gosh, I loved them so much. I looked over, and I was little, and they were talking, and she was smiling, this mischievous smile, and he was smiling at her. And he reached, I, don't, I didn't hear what they were saying. He reached in his back pocket, and he pulled out his wallet, and he opened it up. And she put her hand out, and he began taking $20 bills and putting them in her hand. And she kept her hand out, and he started chuckling, and she started chuckling. And whenever the amount was sufficient, she closed her hand, and they kissed. And that was such a moment in my life about what it looks like to put your money where your heart is. And I'm, I'm very comfortable sharing with you all that I am not a natural giver. Um, it just, it's not how I was raised in my own home. Um, everything was always scarce and it always felt like competition for resources. So I was not raised up a natural giver, but boy, that broke through to me. And now I, I know who I love (laughs) and I steal his money all the time. It makes him... I don't have to steal it. But I find his wallet and he's just, where did all my money go? He... he, It makes him happy. Yeah, I know, right? He... I am where his heart is. And so giving to me became about heart that day. And then I married a natural giver. Sometimes I'm just like, babe, you know... You're tipping more than the meal cost. He's like, oh, bless her. Um, He's a natural giver. I'm not. And God loves us both equally. And we grow. We grow. So I just wanted to come up and share that because my heart is in this church because the the heart of the church is for people. The heart of the church is to reach people. And I know that Jesus changes everything. He changes everything. He changes everything. Thank you. Worship the Lord with our giving. Amen. What a good word. In 3 John, starting in verse 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things, that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Verse 3 says, For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Our God has no greater joy than we can walk and when we walk in His truth. In His truth regarding our lives. In His truth regarding our finances. You know, we hear the word prosperity and we get all nervous about it sometimes. But you see, God wants us to prosper in here. He wants a prosperous soul and a prosperous heart. God is not in need of your money. He really isn't. But he challenges us in every area of our life to trust him. Because when we do that, then we have overflow in our life. When we trust in him. Amen? So Father, we just thank you today. We thank you today that we can be givers. That we can joyfully give. Just as the example as Liz used with her grandfather. Father, we thank you that we have means to give. We thank you that you've blessed us abundantly. 
Thank you, Father, that we live in the United States of America. Thank you, Father, that our means that we have, that we're giving today, are far beyond what other people could even imagine. But, Lord, you've done that so we can be stewards of it. You've done that so we can sow it into your kingdom. You've done it so that from this country and other countries, we can reach the world for Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that. And, Lord, we just bless every gift, every giver. We thank you, Lord, that you are the God of multiplication. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ushers, you may wait on the people, although I probably didn't even tell you to start doing that. But we got a song. They're going to sing, and then they'll get on that. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Power. Power, power, power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Man, I'm excited this morning. Anybody else excited this morning? Okay. A couple of you. That's all right. We're just getting started. You're about to get even more excited here in a little bit. Okay. You ready for a testimony to get you a little bit excited this morning? You see, we're in a series called Generations, Completing Uh, the vision, and Pastor Jim and Pam had kicked off that, or they were planning to kick off that series, and then something happened, and they happened not to be here for a little bit, but can I tell you some good news? You better be here next Sunday. You better be here next Sunday, because their current plan is to begin the drive back from Maine on Wednesday and Thursday, and their plan is to be here on Sunday. Amen? So if you're a guest or a first-time visitor and you don't know what we're talking about, that's okay. Just know that we have a miracle-working God. And our senior pastor, the enemy tried to take his life, and he was unsuccessful. Because we have a miracle-working God. And what would normally take people months upon months upon months upon months upon months to recover, maybe a few more added in there, 20 days later, he's walking around. And 22 days later, he's driving back to Erie. And 27 days later, he's going to show up right here and come back to his home. Amen? So praise God for an amazing testimony. God is so good. So I do encourage you, uh, come out next week. I know he wants to maybe say a word or two. And we're not sure exactly how everything's going to go or flow, but we're going to be super excited. Amen? We're super excited that he's coming back. So turn your Bibles to Acts 12, please. And I'm going to open us up in prayer. Acts 12. Heavenly Father, we just come to you this morning. Lord, that we will learn from your word today. We thank you, Father, that your word has power to change our lives, power to move mountains, power to change everything. And Father, I just pray that we will be attuned to your word today and what you'd say to us. And may we receive it with open hearts and that we will leave not being the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, this is week two of our series called Generations, and last week we started talking about what is the church? What does the church look like? What does this church feel like? What is the church supposed to do? 
What are we as a community supposed to go do in these four walls and outside of these four walls? What is the church supposed to do? And the Lord had been speaking to me, and of course, we all didn't know what was going to happen to Pastor Jim, and I didn't know that I would be up here, but God began to speak to me about reading the book of Acts and reading it over and over. I'm just reading the book of Acts, and I started taking notes, through, actually on my phone, on my, little, on my iPhone, the notes app. I would just take notes, like, oh, that's interesting, oh, that's interesting, that's interesting. And I began to develop what the Lord was really impressing on my heart, is what did the early church look like? What did it look like? And fundamentally, there are some things from the early church that absolutely has to remain the same today. In our church, in the church, in the churches all around the world, there are things that do not change. And so I started reading through and I started figuring out that the church is a place that preaches the gospel message. The church was a place that lifts up the name of Jesus. The church is a place where the Holy Spirit transforms people's lives. Notice I haven't said anything about a building. I haven't said anything about four walls, about a parking lot, about anything else. There are churches all over the world happening right now and happening 12 hours ago in different parts of the country that don't have a building like this. Praise God we have one. They're meeting in secret. They're meeting in basements. They're tearing off pieces of the Bible and the Word of God and each getting one piece so they can have it with them. And they can memorize it and they can share it with each other. Guys, this is the church. It's going to preach the gospel, lift up the name of Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit. The church is to make disciples of all nations. And this morning I want to talk about the church has seen and will continue to see miracles. I'm telling you. It has seen, and it will continue to see miracles. I just shared with you a miracle from Pastor Jim in his life. It is a miracle. Everybody says, like the phrase, an honest-to-God miracle. Yeah, honest-to-God miracle. Yes, yes, that happened. Honest-to-God miracle. You see, we serve a God who still does miracles. And you saw in the early church, I'm going to show some miracles that happened in the early church when the church gathered together and prayed. This church, ECF Church, was founded on prayer. We will be a church of prayer. We will continue to pray. And when we do, our wonderful, glorious, amazing, miracle-working God is going to begin to continue to perform miracles in this church, in your life, in my life, in this community, in this state, in this country, in this world. This is what he wants to do. And I want to show that to you this morning. In the early church, when they preached the gospel and they prayed, again, they weren't in some building, they were outside, right? And they didn't have anything. What happened? It moved from 120 people to 3,000 people. Like that. Like that. No Facebook. No Twitter. (laughs) Nothing to promote it. It happened. God's power. God's miracles. People sharing the gospel. People sharing what was going on in their lives and bringing people. We talked about that a little bit last week. We see the ultimate purpose of the church is this. 
Are you ready? The ultimate purpose of the church is this, is to see God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is to see God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is God's will to bring earth, to bring heaven to this earth. You look and you read the Bible over and over, what is God's will? To heal, to restore, to make whole. What is that? That's bringing heaven to earth. Because when we get to heaven, we are completely healed. We are completely restored. We have no needs. But the church's goal is to share that gospel message, share the power of the Holy Spirit, and see miracles happen. And miracles are a sign of heaven on earth. Are they not? So today's focus is going to be on prayer and on miracles. And here's what I find interesting. I didn't have you turn there, but we're going to jump to Acts 12 here in a minute. But in Acts 2, it says, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then, okay, so they gathered together and they prayed. Thousands were added, but then... Then, they, then it says, fear came upon every soul. Now let me help you with fear. And I think I put it up there. Filled with awe. Wow. Oh my goodness. The God we serve. Oh my goodness. Filled with awe. Came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done to the apostles. You see, that has not gone away. Nothing in the Bible says that that has stopped. These signs and these wonders will and will continue to happen in this day. We have one that happened right here at this church. And we've had them in the past, we're going to have them in the future. So when the church comes together and prays, you see it over and over in Acts 1 and 4, in Acts 6, in Acts 9, Acts 10. I'm not going to read all those to you, but in Acts 12, it says this in verse 5. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God, for him, by the church. You see, someone had a need. Peter had a need. And he was in prison. And the church came together and prayed. And what happened when the church came together and prayed? Start verse, go to verse 6. And then when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers... And the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and the light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side like, Hey, Peter, get up. It's time to go. The church is praying. I'm about to do a miracle. Get up. And the light shone in the prison. He struck him on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Come on. Church. I mean, think about this. I mean, you're reading it like I am. They just fell off his hands. It didn't say that the key showed up and it, the guard forgot the key right here and he just went, oh, here we go. No, 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 no. They fell off, which means they supernaturally were removed. And you see, we serve a God that supernaturally removes the chains that are binding us. Supernaturally does this. 
The chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie up your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. And he went out and followed him. And did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. So Peter thought, he's like, man, I must be dreaming. Come on, I must be dreaming. You see, God does such amazing miracles, sometimes it feels like we're dreaming. To, you know, pinch me to wake me up. Guys, he does miracles. He can do miracles in your life. He wants to do miracles in your life. And they were past the first and second guard posts. They came to the iron gate. They need another miracle. They need another one. One more. There's a big iron gate. There's no key in it. That leads to the city which what? Opened to them on its own accord. I mean, seriously. We, have, we serve a God who cares for us so much that when we are in a situation and we come together in prayer and we cry out to him, the chains come off. And the gates open up. And doors open up in your life. That you say, how did that happen? Let me tell you how that happened. We have a good, good father. We have a good, good God. That's how it happened. That's how it happened. Acts 16. Go with me to Acts 16. I love this. I taught a little bit about this on Wednesday night. Here's my plug for Wednesday night. I encourage you to come to our prayer night on Wednesday nights. We just have an amazing time, a short teaching, and then we just pray. And we just pray. And I'm telling you, there are miracles happening when we get together and we just pray. Acts 16 and verse 25. I'm going to start there. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Where were they? They were also in jail. They were in prison. And the prisoners were listening to them. They were praying together. Together they are praying and they're worshiping God. In what type of situation? Ooh, not a good one. I know a lot of you are going through situations. This was a situation. What you're going through is a situation. And God sees that. And he hears your heart. And he hears your prayers. And he sees your worship. This is why we are to continue to worship through the challenges that we have. Because there is victory on the other side. We don't always know when we're going to get it. It doesn't always happen immediately, but God takes us through it. And the prisoners were listening to them, so they're witnessing here. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison was shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosed. Again, prayer creates miracles. Literally, it says the earth shook. There was an honest, when we say we pray to move mountains, we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to pray to move mountains. Wait a second. They actually prayed and literally mountains moved. Do you get this? Mountains actually moved. They're moving when we pray. The chains fell off their hands. Unbelievable. And the keeper of the prison... Awaking from a sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called out with a loud voice saying, 
Do yourself no harm, for we're all here. And he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Church. Church. The reason for the miracle was that Paul and Silas could get out. But there's another reason that the miracle happened. Is that so somebody else would see God's power and the testimony on their lives and say, what shall I do to be saved? You see that these miracles occur not just for our own blessing and our own miracle, but for others to see them. This is what the church does, is we see these miracles and it becomes our testimony. And our testimony then shares with others. And others become, they begin to see and understand who God really is. And they can have a relationship with him. Absolutely amazing to me. And so if you go down a couple more verses, what basically happens is Paul and Silas go to their house and immediately he and his whole family were baptized. And he had brought them into the house, he said food before them, and he rejoiced having believed in God with his whole household. You see, the miracle not only got them out of prison, the miracle saved people's lives. Saved people's lives. So what are our prayers really for? What are they really for? Is to see his kingdom expanded. Truly to see his kingdom expanded. A lot of times I sit there, when I used to, when I would go down to uh, Meadville to work at my secular job, and if I wasn't feeling well, the Lord would always speak to me and be like, hey, he wants me healed. But why does he want me healed? Okay, so I can go to work and so I can provide for my family. But why does he really want me healed? So I can be a witness. So I can show up where I'm going. You know what? Sickness is from the enemy. And he doesn't want you going where you're supposed to go. He doesn't want you saying what you're supposed to be saying, doing what you're supposed to be doing, because you are a witness and you are a testimony. So high school students, the next time you're sick and you want to stay home from school, be like, no, no. Not today. I got some work to do, and it's not schoolwork. But do that too. Do that too. But not today, because the Lord has something he wants me to share. When we look at that, when we pray that way, when we begin to take our, our focus off of only our needs, and we say, Lord, meet this need in my life so that I can be a witness, so that I can be a testimony. That is when God really begins to move and sees miracles, and we see miracles occur. The takeaway here is that when we pray, we must be aligned with expanding God's kingdom. This is why we're here, to make disciples to preach the gospel, and to go to the ends of the earth. That's why we're here. This is bringing heaven to earth. Turn with me to Acts 4. Turn with me to Acts 4. Starting in verse 29. I haven't even got to the miracle part yet. We've already seen a couple. I'll move quickly through this one. Now the Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants that with all boldness you may, we may speak your word. 
by stretching out your hand to heal, his hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. When we pray and we ask for miracles, people are healed, signs and wonders occur because of the name of Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place there assembled together was shaken. Shaken. It was shaken. Guys, I'm going to, Russ, if you could come up. I'm going to close with this, actually. I'm going to do one more portion of scripture here. Because I really feel on my heart today, you know, the Lord talked about power. He wanted us to understand more about power. But I know there are people here that need a miracle in their life. People need a miracle in their life. And we want to pray for you this morning. In Acts 3, verse 3, you know, before I read that, you know, when Jesus was on this earth, he said, it's good that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come. And he says, you shall even do greater works than me because of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. And so in Acts 3, it says this, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. There's a guy who is begging, asking for alms. Fixing his eyes on him, with John, Peter said, look at us. And so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. So this is a guy that's begging. They are on their way to church. They're not at the church. They're not in the church. They're not within the four walls. They're on their way to somewhere. You guys go places every day. You're on the way to somewhere. And this guy gave them their attention, expecting to receive something. And Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. What I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. The miracle in his life. He's praising God. People are seeing the miracle. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. They were filled with wonder and amazement to what had happened to him. They were filled with wonder. They were filled with awe. And you notice what they said when they prayed for him. They said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power to break every chain. The Word says that Jesus is the Word and became flesh and dwelt among us. And so when we say, in the name of Jesus, we are taking these promises these thousands and thousands of promises in God's word and saying, I place this 
over this problem. I place this over my situation. I place this over this relationship. I place this over my body. I place this over my finances. And I say in the name of Jesus, I trust you. For you are a good God. You are a miracle working God. And we can do all things through you who strengthen us. So Father, today, Father, you are speaking to some of us this morning. There are people in here who I know need a miracle in their life. And Lord, you know what that miracle is. If that is you today, if that is you today, if you would say, Pastor Jason, that is me, I need a miracle in my life, I want you to just come up here. We're going to pray for you. Just come up here now. Come out of your seats and just come up. Come on, church. Who is it today? We serve a miracle-working God. And when we pray, chains are broken. Gates are opened. Healing occurs. We serve a mighty, amazing, incredible God. Who else today? We don't need to spend a long time praying because what we're going to do is we're going to say the name of Jesus. And if you're sitting here, I just want you to stretch your hands out to these people as we pray because the Bible says collectively when the church prays, when the church prays, miracles happen. So let's pray this morning. Oh, what a sweet spirit this morning. What a sweet spirit. Sometimes when we think of power and we think of miracles, we think there has to be a bunch of yelling and screaming, but there doesn't. Does that happen sometimes? Sure. But we serve a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful God. And those that came up, we just felt such a sense of peace over every situation that concerns you guys. And God is moving in your life. And miracles are occurring even now as we pray. And your testimonies are going to reach people for Him. We thank you for that. Oh, thank you, God. So, Father, tonight, today, this morning, I hope I didn't go that long. It's not night yet, is it? Okay, not yet. We thank you for this church. We thank you for every person that is here. And I just pray a blessing on them. 
that you would be with them as they go about their week. You would lead them. You would guide them. Holy Spirit, speak to them. May they hear your voice clearly. Encourage them. Strengthen them. Father, may they have the sense of those chains being broken off of their life. That the chain of sin will be broken in their life. In the name of Jesus. We thank you for who you are. We worship you. We praise you. We glorify you. And we go forth from this place with our testimony of what you've done in our life. Seeking in everything that we do to bring your kingdom and your will to this earth. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, you are dismissed. If you do have any other prayer requests, uh, we have some small group leaders up here who are more than willing to pray with you. Uh, If you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, or maybe you don't know Jesus, and you say, I want to have a relationship with Jesus, come on up here. Otherwise, you guys are dismissed. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast with Pastor James Dumont of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.